the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, Arkansas. Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. I am your guest host, David Ray, filling in for Dave Ellswick. Uh, So this half hour, we're going to be talking to uh, the state director of Americans for Prosperity Arkansas, Ryan Norris. Uh, We're going to be talking about issue one, and uh, I believe we've got Ryan on the line with us. Ryan, are you there? Good morning, David. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. Um, So what I want to do before I turn it over to you with some questions is I want to just, for voters who may not have been following along, uh, may not know exactly what issue one is, I want to set the table. Uh, In 2012, the legislature, the Arkansas legislature, referred to voters a constitutional amendment. It was passed. That amendment was a temporary half-cent sales tax that would last for 10 years and it would fund highway and infrastructure spending here in Arkansas. And after 10 years, that tax would expire. This is a tax that raises approximately $300 million each and every year. Uh, Fast forward uh, eight years later, it is back on the ballot. Um, Why, do you ask? Because uh, the legislature has decided they want to try and make it permanent, but they need voters' approval. So that is issue one that will be on the ballot. Um, Ryan, for the audience here uh, on Dave's show, they're probably familiar with Americans for Prosperity. Uh, You're a free market, limited government group, and uh, you're heading up the opposition to Issue 1. Why, in your view, should Arkansans uh, vote no on Issue 1? Well, there are multiple reasons to to kind of hit the highlights of it. First off is that uh, Arkansas already has high taxes, particularly in the area of sales taxes second highest combined state and local sales taxes in the nation. This is on top of personal property taxes, property taxes, uh, other excise taxes, uh, income, state income taxes. Uh, we are a highly taxed state in every which way that you can term. So taxes are, are a top tier reason. Uh, the next would be that, you know, the Constitution is no place to put a uh, day-to-day uh tax policy. And so, again, we, we think that that's an area that we is worthy to uh, to vote down issue one. The next is that where this money goes uh, to the Arkansas Department of Transportation largely, uh, and then, of course, to cities and counties as well. But RDOT is currently under audit, uh, an audit that was voted upon and agreed to by our legislature because they recognized that your tax dollars were not being spent efficiently enough uh, by the Arkansas Department of Transportation. So there's uh, an audit going on with RDOT right now. So why sh- why would we give additional money to Arkansas Department of Transportation with uh, the current audit going on, reforms that are currently being uh, suggested and have not been implemented yet? So the dollar you spend or the dollar that we send to RDOT is not being maximized to take care of our infrastructure needs. Right. On top of that, the, go, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, on top of that, just two other little things real quick is that, uh, you know, it was originally sent to us in 2012, uh, David, as you know, uh, as a temporary tax. In fact, the 
uh, one of the primary sponsors of the legislation that became uh, this this tax in Amendment 91, uh, Rep- former Representative Barnett is out there currently saying he's voting no on issue one because he's trying to keep government's promise that was originally made in 2012. And that's very admirable because that's what we want, accountability in government. And finally, we have time for a better plan. This tax expires in 2023. So... We still have two years, roughly, to come up with a a better plan. We have the 2021 session and then, again, a uh, 2022 general election uh, if we were to have a referred amendment. All good points there. Um, You you touched on this, Ryan, but why why are we putting this in our state constitution? Well, so if you hear the the talking point, it's that, well, it's an amendment in the constitution, and we therefore we wanted to send this to the people. Uh, And really what it's about is – uh, Amendment 91 would have expired in 2023, and there was no need to necessarily go back into the Constitution over it. But if you were a Republican-led uh, uh, administration and and had the majorities, and you were to say, okay, we need this fund, so let's say we do, and you were to say, we're going to vote through the legislature for a increase of a half-cent sales tax should uh, you know, if as soon as issue as Amendment 91 is uh, expired, that just wouldn't play well politically. And you know, if I've actually talked to Republican committees, I said if your rep voted for a half cent sales tax increase when one had just fallen off, would you feel in? You know, how would that make you feel? And they said, of course, a little more negatively towards them because Republicans are supposed to be the fiscal conservatives, uh, low on tax. Yeah, I, I get I get the impression that this was kicked to the voters because because this could have been passed by statute. They don't ha- they did mm-hmm. not have to do that. The legislature could have passed this as a statute. They did not have to try and amend the constitution. It feels like they did this just as a way to kick the can down the road. Uh, we do have a caller on the line, Ryan. So I want to get uh, this. I want to get a question in. Uh, we got Carol yeah. in Roland. She is on the line. Carol, are you with us? Yes, I am. Yeah, and Carol, what's your comment? Kudos. Kudos to your guest. I'm, I agree with uh, him 100%. We should not be codifying taxes in our Constitution. And this rhino governor, um, I don't trust him further than I can throw my house. And um, that's saying a lot on his behalf. He really is a Democrat in uh, put on the Republican mantle, but uh, he's been for every liberal thing there ever was. And very deceptive about a lot of things he did in, uh, as a governor, and the people don't know, really. But um, I was there when um, Hillary was there as Mrs. Governor, and um, she uh, is the one who endorsed um, Joyce Elliott to run in the first place for uh, the House seat that she had first. And then um, she's been with her all the way up to when she was running for president. She was on the stage the night Hillary had the seizure with her head shaking violently back and forth, and she was standing right next to her. So anybody that believes that she will not endorse every tax, every liberal uh, thing that the Democrat Party endorses, uh, abortion on demand uh, up to the final month and harvesting their little organs alive, um, taxes... Yes, she will raise your taxes because yeah. if anybody thinks he would go against Joyce uh, against uh, Nancy Pelosi, they're kidding themselves. Yeah. No, Plus thank the you, fact that thank she, you, Carol. She has, she, yeah, she has accused 
French Hill of raising all this out of state yep. money. And we're going to get to that. Yeah, we're going to get to that, Carol, raising. in the next segment. We're uh, we're going to be talking with French Hill at 7.05. Thank you for that those comments, Carol. Um, I will say I have tremendous respect for Governor Hutchinson. Don't agree with him on this particular issue, but um, he's a good man, and he's doing his best to lead our state in challenging times. Ryan, I want to get back to issue one here. Um, what do you say to people who say, look, I don't like, I don't like taxes as much as the next person, um, but we need good roads, so I guess we just got to stomach this thing. What, what do you say to those folks? Well, first off, if you look at uh, the total operation budgets for the last, uh, you know, well, since since 2012, uh, RDOT's receiving more money than they ever have. Last year was $2.6 billion. I think in the last five years, their average has been $2.4 billion. Uh, the issue that I see, and this has come out by the Guidehouse report, the auditors, that uh, the priorities for RDOT have not been maintenance uh, of our roads and bridges, but has been these new constructions, large, new, expensive constructions. And the people care more about the maintenance of their potholes and their bridges in their local areas than they do these big construction projects. And ARDA has only been budgeting $190 million per year, and that's been flat for quite a while for 16,400 miles of road, David. So that's not very much, but that's less than 10% of that total operations budget. So I think that we can have good roads with changing up the priority of the funds we, we use on maintenance. We need to increase that amount. I would agree to that. I also think that there's some reforms in turnback fees that could be helpful to make sure that the, the money going uh, to roads to counties and cities are being used on roads. Um, additional to that, uh, RDOT has uh, been receiving about $180 million more annually since 2016 with the Highway Improvement Act and then Act 416 of last year. Uh, so they're, they're getting money. It's just about really a prioritization and then the efficiency. Guidehouse has found between 21 to $35 million worth of cost efficiencies in their just initial report that's, that could be easily changed up uh, by RDOT. Uh, so that they improve their efficiency of operation. So money is there, and you even have a uh, the Arkansas Good Roads magazine of uh, the summer of 2019. You even had Governor Hutchinson, and there's a quote in there to where he says, uh, if issue one fails, at least we've passed the 95 additional million from Act 416, and so we're going to be o- we're going to be okay. So there's again time for a better better options. There's money out there. Our, uh, our revenues have been at uh, at historical record collections. We've been receiving uh, year over year. We're we're gaining more yeah, revenue and general like revenue. Have, it seems like we have surpluses every year. And then, you yeah, know, the hundred million dollar increase in in motor fuel taxes last year, and then they're asking us to approve uh, a three hundred million dollar permanent tax this year. Um, yeah, you'd certainly like to see some reforms first. We are going to go to a quick commercial break because uh, it's 645, and then we'll come back with a little bit more Ryan Norris talking some more about Issue 1 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Welcome back, Central Arkansas, to the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. I'm your guest host, David Ray, filling in for Dave Ellswick. And uh, we're going to jump back into the conversation on Issue 1 with our guest this half hour, Ryan Norris. He's the He's the state director of Americans for Prosperity, Arkansas. Um, Ryan, look, I've watched the TV commercials on this thing, and they all say this is not a tax increase. Uh, Now, the ad from your ballot committee that played during the break uh, 
branded it as a tax increase, um, which, which is true. So if this is to expire in 2023, and on the effective date, the state sales tax would go from 6.5 to 6.0 if nothing were being done, then that means that a new tax would have to be put in place. A new agreement would have to, to be made and to increase it to the 6.5. So in 2023, it's supposed to be 6.0. And this is actually a new tax. Again, they said this was temporary. The temporary means it has an end point. So even though the amount of uh, 0.5% is the same, to continue paying it is a new agreement with the people of Arkansas, a a new deal. Right. And um, so that's what what our point is. In fact, Max Brantley of the Arkansas Times holds that, that point of view as well, as does many on the left. I guess a broken clock is right uh, twice a day um, <laughs> with with uh, alluding to your comment about Max there. Um, yeah. You know, I, and look, I make this I make a similar point. So, you know, look, if you took out a 10 year loan and you dutifully made payments uh, every month for for eight, eight years out of that 10 year loan. And then the, the finance company called and said they decided to extend your payments indefinitely for the rest of your life. Uh, but don't worry, your payment will not go up. Um, mm-hmm. you would you would would you just view that as an extension of your loan, or would you view that as an increase <laughs> in your in your payment? Yeah, of in, course, increasing your payment. Yeah, of course you would. Um, another thing, this ad that played during the break pointed out, and I love that it pointed this out. And this is an argument that really doesn't get talked about that much, and that's that's how this tax would impact uh, poor people. Okay, uh, a sales tax is really regressive. Um, mm-hmm. The left likes to say that uh, those of us on the right don't care about the poor. We know that's not true. Uh, everything that we do is aimed at increasing human flourishing. We want people to achieve and succeed and and fulfill their God-given potential. Um, but talk about uh, how this might impact poorer Arkansans. Yeah, so uh, when you look at the data just for Arkansas, the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy has a chart out there to where it shows that in Arkansas, sales taxes – uh, impact the lowest 20 percent of uh, our our uh, the income families by 8.9 percent of their family income. So, for every you know every hundred dollars they spend, nearly nine dollars goes to just sales taxes. Then you look at the second lowest uh, incomes, and it's 8.3. And then when you get to the third, it's 7.1. And then as you go up, of course, it gets to be less and less. But when you're saying that you're a family that's living at the poverty level or just above, and your dollar that you spend is not able to buy as much goods or services, that you're losing nearly $9 just on sales taxes. That right there goes to show you how serious we need to take uh, this high sales tax to that makes us second uh, in the nation on combined state and local sales taxes and try to drive that down. It'll allow for the purchase of more food, of more clothing, of more gasoline. Uh, some folks are saying this is only a small tax on, on each family. Well, if you do the dirty mathematics, it's $300 million divided by 3 million Arkansans is roughly $100 per person per year. So a family of four, that's roughly $400. And you got to remember, this is coming at the point of sale. That means that this is passed through the, you know, the freight companies pass their cost through to the to the wholesalers, to the yeah, retailers, absolutely. and that comes down that you're going to pay for that three hundred million is coming from the people that that 
the the people that are paying the most, um, you know, your everyday Arkansans, they're the ones holding the bag because those that are doing the most damage to the roads are paying the least, and those that are going to benefit the most from these infrastructure projects are paying the least. Yeah, look, and I had this conversation with somebody uh, not too terribly long ago. I was talking to a retired doctor, and he said, he said, ah, look, it's just it's just a half a cent. I don't, if I get if I get better roads out of it, I don't care. And I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, of course you're a retired doctor, but what about mm-hmm. the single mom trying to raise two kids in rural Faulkner County that's working a minimum wage job? You know that right. that you know it's it sort of it, it, listen thinking about his comments in retrospect. It sort of he sort of sounded like a jerk to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I want to I want to ask you something else. Um, so you're heading up the coalition to uh, oppose issue one. Um, you mentioned that uh, there are some people on the left that have that have pointed out opposition to this as well. You've sort of assembled kind of a motley crew uh, of a coalition, um, people with really diverse and, and divergent points of view that are opposed to this. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Uh, so, you know, even today, uh, I, or I think it happened last night, the Young Democrats of Arkansas came out opposing issue one. And this is a group, you know, we're not officially working with them. This is their point of view. But we welcome them come alongside us in our efforts of educating the, the, the voters. But, uh, yes, there's a diverse group of people uh, or of organizations that are engaged in this. Uh, we're working with the Public Policy Panel, Citizens First Congress, with uh, the Sierra Club, with Audubon, with um, – the Arkansas community organizations with the Tea Party groups of uh, Northeast Arkansas, Central Arkansas, uh, the Liberty Coalition. Uh, we uh, have Central Arkansas Reentry Coalition, who does a lot of work in in the area of poverty uh, and and, and uh, community development. So people from across the, the spectrum ha- are all in agreement about this shouldn't be in the Constitution, that our taxes are too high in regards specifically to uh, sales taxes. And then they also have other, other issues. Some are worried about the climate impact of roads. Some are worried about the un- the in- how unaccountable uh, the Arkansas Department of Transportation is. Uh, some of those are, are concerned about how uh, you know, their government has turned a blind eye to their concerns regarding, say, like the I-30 widening and such. So there's a very diverse group of folks involved in this. They've all been great partners to work with on this issue. They've, they've brought resources to the table. Yeah. Uh, they've been very helpful. Very impressive. Uh, we've got about 90 seconds left, Ryan. Um, besides issue one, um, what, are, what is something else that Americans for Prosperity is working on? I know um, I've gotten some emails from the group about the Supreme Court confirmation. How's that going? Yes, yes. Yes, that's going great, actually. We have made over 300,000 phone calls as an organization, wow. nearly 3 million, 3 million texts, uh, really pushing for, uh, for uh, Judge Barrett to become Supreme Court Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, that's been taking up our time. We're also in five battleground areas for the uh, U.S. Senate. So uh, I did uh, about 700 doors in North Carolina a week or so back uh, for Tom Tillis, and uh, we're really trying to help our policy partners hold the uh, the Senate this go-around. So lots of work being done on multiple levels at state and federal level, and then, uh, of course, the top-tier priority is to get uh, – get uh, uh, Amy Barrett in as the Supreme Court Justice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned that North Carolina Senate race. That one, I was watching some polls. That one's getting really close. I think voters are probably reacting to some of the scandalous news about the uh, the Democrat candidate mm-hmm. over there 
Um, if you haven't heard about that, you might Google what's going on in the North Carolina Senate race. It sounds pretty crazy. Um, have just a couple seconds here. Um, if folks want to get involved with Americans for Prosperity, maybe they want to volunteer, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, so just uh, email to info, A-R-I-N-F-O-A-R at A-F-P-H-Q dot org, or you can call me at 501-515-2195, and we can get you plugged in. Well, Ryan, thank you for joining us and talking about Issue 1. You know, I used to be the uh, State Director of Americans for Prosperity Arkansas once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Ryan, uh, I can vouch for the organization. It does great work. Um, very proud uh, of the work that I did there and glad uh, that you're on board against Issue 1. We're going to take a time out, and then uh, we'll be talking to Congressman French Hill on the other side.